Hi everybody, I'm Tash. And I'm Damo. And together we are so excited to bring you this week's episode of The, the Barry, Barry Chronicles. Chronicles. And today we are very, very fortunate to have an amazing and inspiring guest. Extremely. And his his books um, on on gut health and well-being and well-being. Uh, that's something that I'm passionate about, as you know. Yep. Um, we've we've always taken probiotics. We've and always all that tried our best. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so area. I'm just looking forward to learning a bit more today. Yes. So we have Dr. Arun with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Tash and Demo, for the invitation, and uh, love to talk to you about uh, you know your journey and uh, share. The lessons that I've learned along the way. Yeah, that's great. So, um, bariatric surgery—it's obviously it's, it's your thing. <laughs> it's your thing, um, and it's becoming a lot more prevalent, I guess, in our society. Um, but on the support page that we run, we notice that there's a lot of people that struggle after the fact. It's—it's it's like the the surgery is just the beginning. But then there's a little bit of a disconnect between um, the excellent work that you do and the life that comes after. And I know that you care very much about that. So um, I suppose something that we would really love to know today is what do you feel are, are some keys and strategies that people can use to get the most out of their surgery? Yeah. Great question. And it's a very packed question, Tash and Dave. reason is that, you know, this is almost like a mystery that we have been trying to unravel for decades now, you know. So, I agree. Uh, and, and it's not just related to weight. It's actually, if I step back a little bit from weight issues, it could be any issues in our life, whether it's relationship, finances, health, they are all a reflection of our habits, all right? And well, if habits don't change, I don't care which surgery you've had. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. You will lose it eventually. Studies that have been done on lottery winners, individuals who have won lotteries accidentally, all right? And they went from rags to riches, not out of hard work or labor, but went from rags to riches because they won a lottery over a course of next seven years. This is research being done out of US. It's published, it's out there in the public domain and can be verified. 89% of them lost that wealth over seven years. Wow. wow. Lost the entire wealth. Okay. Now you would say, okay, but what's that got to do with people who are considering bariatric surgery? Well, I'll tell you what is the association. The thing is that when people come to see me or they come to consider bariatric surgery, they think that it's their one-way ticket to happiness and health and well-being. All yeah. right. And I know there is a growing body of awareness amongst individuals that surgery alone doesn't cut it. Yeah. All right. We, we now recognize that it's only a tool. Yes, and yes. that's what I say to my patients. It's successfully recovering from surgery, whichever surgery you're choosing, is not the end of a journey. It is the starting point of your journey towards health and wellness. Yeah. Now, using that as a tool 
to actually change your habits is the actual hurdle that an individual has to cross. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> now, <Totally. laughs> as, as, as the, the famous learned wise Einstein said, if you keep doing the same things, you'll keep getting the same results. All right. Yes. And a lot of people that I notice, these are some of the observations having done now over 9,000 bariatric procedures. And, like <laughs> also being, and also being, you know, like, I mean, I'm just sharing this with you because uh, let, me, let me share a story with you which actually changed my life, all right? In 2010, I started my private practice in Monash Medical Center, which is a public hospital and attached to it was Jesse McPherson, which is a private hospital. So that is when I just started my practice fully trained up a GI surgeon, excited, wanted to do new things. So I was the first surgeon to do the gastric sleeve surgery in Monash Medical Center. All right. Just within a few months of my practice, I received a letter. All right. This is a lady who wrote a letter to three or four random surgeons. Okay. She was 43 years of age, BMI of 55, 56 had been long-standing issues with weight yeah. progressively. Very common story, all right? Had been progressively gaining weight and reached a point where she just wanted to play with her kids. That's all. She wanted to run around with her kids, all right? She came, she wrote a letter to three or four different people and I asked my staff to write back. She said, I said, tell her that, you know, very touching letter and I still have a copy of that letter. I have you know, erased her name for privacy reasons, of course, but that letter was so touching. She actually shared, this is what I want to do. I said, I want to help this lady. I feel like, you know, something resonates in my heart to be able to. So I asked them, please ask her if she's keen to see me, I'd be delighted to see her. She saw me and we said, you know, there is a workup involved and she clearly needed surgery because the BMR was too high to just, you know, manage it with diet and exercise alone. Went ahead with surgery and did really well. All right, really well. But then you fast forward three years, all right? And she has lost to follow-up kind of a thing, you know, stopped coming for follow-up appointments and all that. And I thought, hey, look at me. I did such a good job. You know, I was just patting my own back. And then three years later, she comes back and she says, I'm concerned my weight is coming back again. All right. Weight started to progress again. And she had researched that, oh, you know what? I can get a gastric bypass done now. So that'll help me. And we went through again, the current understanding at that point was, all right, you can do this from sleeve, you can go to the bypass, do some assessments, psychology assessments and all that, just to make sure there's no eating disorder. And we did the gastric bypass for her. Again, lost just a little bit of weight, but really didn't change the trajectory of where she was going. And that really broke my heart. I said, there is something we are missing here. Yeah, and I started my own journey of discovery. And that took me to yoga, meditation. I became a certified yoga and a meditation teacher because I knew that it is the mind. I'm not, I wanted to experience this myself because we all have different pain points, right? You have yes. different pain points to my pain points, okay? But we can't fix everything using force. 
surgery is like a force. Medicine is yes. like a force. It has a place. Absolutely, it has a place. But there is also one other thing which we miss, which is called power. Now, there is a difference between power and force. You may say, oh, no, no, they are the same things. Not at all. Power is something that comes from within. Yes. Okay. You are in the presence of someone and you can feel the aura. I've been in the proximity of such people. And I tell you, I may be, uh, you know, uh, 200 meters away from them, but I can feel them. Mm. Wow. And like that guy or that person is, I can feel their power. Yes. This is different. Okay. So what I'm saying is I was tapping into that power. So gut health is power. In the ancient cultures, they used to call it the solar plexus. You may or may not have heard of it, but that's where I started to take gut health modules run by an organization called ACNIM, Australian College of Environmental and Nutritional Medicine. I was the only surgeon attending their courses. I took long service leave in 2016. It's on record. 2016, I took long service leave and people think uh, specialists and surgeons and other people take long service leave to actually boost their private practice. And here I was going and attending courses to see what is gut health, what association it has. So that the outcome of that was the book, Happy Gut Healthy Weight, because I wanted to bring this knowledge to my patients who are lost. Yes, they just think, as you said, Demo, that, you know, we've been taking probiotics and people think gut health equals to taking a probiotic. That's what, that's where the definition ends for a lot of people. Yes. But that is flawed. Yeah. Uh, I so, do not so, so tell us. Ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us exactly how, how we can go on that type of a journey to, you know, to be empowered, to have the right knowledge and to, um, scaffold ourselves in the right way yeah and once again Tash you know I wish I could pack everything uh, in in 10 minutes and I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> that's why I wrote a book you know because I just said you know I, I, I read I, it and I love it <laughs> the the thing is that even that is so heavy so we have dumbed it down now to another book which is available for free by the way it's called shed it for good all right it's on my website you can just download it just put in your email address and you can download it it's free all right. It's called Shed It For Good and Seven Lifestyle and Mindset Strategies for Achieving and Maintaining Your Weight Loss. All right. Now, the challenge, I'll tell you what, after having done like, you know, two and a half decades of bariatric surgery, I can tell you the biggest challenge with weight loss is not weight loss. It is weight maintenance. We have all lost weight in the past. Okay. But we just couldn't maintain it. We just couldn't maintain it, you know. So when people come to surgery, this is a repeat story. I almost kind of like, you know, the tape is on a repeat mode. Sorry, I'm a bit old fashioned. I, I grew up when there were tapes. Not MP3 players. Sorry, just showing the age a little bit here. But the thing was that every lady says, I have tried everything under the sun. And I trust the women. They have genuinely tried. That's why they are frustrated. The men have 
probably not tried because men are like blocks of cheese. You know, they are like, you know, unless it starts to fungate and there is a problem, they, they only come when there is a, alarm bells ringing, you know, like we, we men are a bit thick. Sorry, you know? uh, I mean, this is, I'm talking about men and don't get me wrong. Men need a stronger push. All right. Women are more intuitive. Women just know it. You know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm tired and all of that. So these are my observations. In fact, I have made a video on my YouTube channel exactly on this topic. Weight loss challenges are different between men and women. And it's important to recognize that because if you're trying to address a problem for an individual, you've got to first look at where they are. You have to meet them where they are. You can't tell them, oh, you know, eat less, exercise more. Well, everybody knows that. Yeah, it's, it's not something that I'm giving you some, wow, I didn't know that, you know, that my God, if I ate less and exercise, <laughs> I'll lose weight. If, really? Oh, no, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Human beings know what to do, but they don't do what they know. Yeah. And there is a reason for that. There is a reason for that. This has been worked out because emotions come in the way. Emotions are the reason why we are not in a position to make the, I should say, you know, informed sensible decisions because we are emotional beings human beings are emotional beings yes we are and this is again another common thread that i see in women when they are upset they are emotional they are feeling low because in our society women are judged right we need to judge individuals by their character, but we judge them by their appearance, okay? And women are acutely sensitive to it. Women get that, you know, impression and they like to close themselves. They like to hide themselves within the four walls of the house. Most of my obese, super obese women, they haven't gone out of the house for like you know days on end oh yeah that was me yeah and i'm i haven't heard your story tash but i'm telling yeah. you this is a repeat story that i hear time and time again and what do they do at night when they're feeling low they go to the pantry and they pitch on things thinking nobody's seeing them well, they are being driven by emotions. And I feel this is where I've come to the conclusion that if you want success from weight loss surgery, be brave enough to face your own demons, which, is, which are the demons that live in your head. If you don't process your emotions, your anger, your inability to forgive someone who may have hurt you. Now, I know I'm not talking like a surgeon. I know that. All right. And I'm very mindful of it. But if there is even one message that an individual who's listening to this podcast would take, if you cannot forgive someone else, well, I can tell you we are. And this is this was my own journey as well. Like we all have somebody that we need to forgive mm -hmm. and not carry that burden, because that is emotional trauma that is repeating itself and your body goes into a stress response okay stress uh, response well, 
Okay, your stress response means there is a dinosaur out there, there is a fire out there that is going to threaten your existence. All right, now hear this out. Here is where it gets really interesting. Okay, what happens is that when you are in a state of threat, your body says this is not the time to lose weight. This is the time to keep Demo, Tash safe and comfortable. That's it. I'm not interested in your appearance. I'm not interested in the kind of response you feel when you look in the mirror. Not interested. This is the time to close you off. And what do you do when you are insecure? You want to cuddle something. You want to sort of hold on to things so yes. that you don't lose them. Uh, right? This is called the fight, flight, or freeze response. Yeah. Okay? Now, this is the key bit. Your body is holding on to this fat, all right? What is fat? Fat is an insulation. Fat provides you protection, all right? This is a hibernation response. Animals that, you, that used to go and hibernate when there was no food, they were freezing. They would hibernate for six months. They would collect what is called as brown fat. That Medically, we know that. It's metabolically more active. Babies have it. Okay, and that is something that allows the body to preserve itself. Wow. Mm. Okay, now you are trying to lose weight, lose that fat, but your body is saying, no, there is, there is fire out there. Well, you can't lose it right now. This is survival mode. We are trying to survive. And you are changed. So there is a conflict. Okay. Yeah. When I'm pulling to the left and you are pulling to the right, well, there is friction. There is conflict there. You are stuck. You cannot move. And when you say, you know what? I'm stuck. Nothing works for me. Well, that's not true. You haven't understood that your own stress response is causing you to remain stuck where you are. Wow. Wow. Gosh. Wow. Sorry, I had to put it that way. No, that that is absolutely brilliant. It really is. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's hitting home for me. Like, I I'd lost over a hundred kilos, and I ended up having I've had over thirty back surgeries. But um, after I had a stimulator put in, I got a a job as a delivery driver. But my first day by myself, I had an accident, got crushed between a full drive and a rock wall, fractured my pelvis. And that's when I started regaining serious weight. But I was holding so much trauma, um, you know, and, and there was just so much going on towards the company, towards the whole situation, everything that had happened, you know, oh, I've come so far and it's just been taken away. And, and, you know, the more I went into that, the more the weight came back on. And, you know, so I can sort of put that together and see where that's um, even, relevant. Even playing out for you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is where when you look back, you know, when you look back, it's easier to join the dots when you look back. Yeah. You know what? Oh, that's happened. Then that happened. Then that, that happened. And that's the reason why I'm here now. So you can join the dots when you look back. But wisdom is 
when you know that the way these joints dot, the dots are joining is going to work out if I manage myself properly. Mm. I just manage my own emotions properly. And the more I go every day when I see patients, when I actually see my client's recovery, all right, I see emotions being played out. Yeah. Emotions are feelings. And mind you, feelings have energy. Any, every thought that you are thinking has got energy. It can be measured now. We have got the tools and the gadgets to measure. You think a negative thought, your body will immediately know that this is a negative thought, stress response. If you think of a thought that brings love and gratitude, your body says, you know what? There is no threat out there. We don't need to hold on to these weight. We don't need to hold on to these fat cells. Yeah. People oh. find it strange. I send my patients after their consultation with me when we have had a deep conversation, deep, okay? It doesn't happen every time, please. So don't think that I've, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, nerdy enough to kind of have these <laughs> conversations. Uh, I mean, you know, you have to be in the zone to actually understand and be able to sort of share. And the other individual has to have that level of insight as well. Yeah. You know, and correct, self-analysis has to be there, you know. And I tell my patients, you know what, after the consultation today, don't go home straight away. Go for 15 minutes and sit in a park. Okay, sit in nature, because nature is rightly called mother nature. It's our mother, you know. A mother's job is to love its child, okay? Sit in, a, in the park and just reflect, how's my life going? How come yeah. I have reached here? Yes, yeah. We never ask those questions because we love being busy. It's we so are busy. All right, we're just so busy. We've got no time to reflect People say, oh, you know, Dr. Arun, it's easy for you to say that, you know, look at my life, it stinks and this and that. Well, I tell you, everybody has their own challenges. Mm. Only the wearer knows where the shoe hurts. Only the wearer knows. Nobody else knows that. Yeah. 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 So that's where my message to, you know, when you ask me the questions or tell us, you know, quickly, uh, 10 things. <laughs> that we should start doing today. Well, yeah. I would say take out time for yourself. That's called self-care, right? And self-care is not selfish. If you, uh, you know, as, as it said in the holy book, you can't pour from an empty cup. You just can't. There's nothing in, left in the cup to pour. And if I have to be a better parent, better um, you know, spouse, better partner, better friend, better human being. And if I've got anger in me, I'm just angry at everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. And men do that, by the way. Men express anger out, outwards and women tend to internalize it. That's why they get anxiety, depression, a lot of it. Uh, anxiety, depression, and anger is not just an imbalance of chemicals which can be fixed with tablets. And I'm not bagging antidepressants, please don't get me wrong. But studies have been done from University of Pennsylvania, which is what I quote in my next book, is that 80% of antidepressants have got a placebo effect. 
placebo means if I gave you a sugar pill instead of your antidepressant tablet, 80% of the time that sugar pill will work. You will say, oh, I feel so good. You know, I was depressed and I feel good now. 80% of the time, eight, zero, 80%. So a sugar pill is good enough 80% of the times to fix your depression. What does that mean? That means that your body is producing enough chemicals internally if, which if you allowed can fix your depression. Okay, 80% of the time. So this is called your internal pharmacy. There is an external pharmacy where you go, fill your prescriptions and start popping in the pills. The reason why that works is you believe that this is a very powerful antidepressant. When I take it, my depression will get fixed. You believe in it. And if I told you that, hey, there is this new red colored pill, you know, it's and in a sense, it was just a sugar pill. All right. But I marketed it to you. And I said, you know what? This is a new pill that has come in the market. Very effective for depression. We've got good number of studies that are telling us that, you know, it's very effective. And I said, you know, would you like to try it? Would you like to try it for a week? And we will check how's your depression going. Well, they found that 80% of the patients said, yes, our depression is gone almost. And it's just a sugar pill. So what, what is your next book about, Dr. Ara? So my next book is titled Power Beyond Prescription. All right, that's the title of the book, which is called Unlock the Missing Link in Your Healing. Excellent. As a, as a surgeon, we... We are, you know, in the space where we say we treat things, you know, we treat it. All right, we, we, you've got diabetes. Okay, let's get treated. You know, let's give you a prescription for diabetes. But it doesn't heal it. It only treats it. All right. Diabetes never gets cured. Healing means going to the root and closing the cause that started the problem in the first place. Treatment is disempowering. Whereas healing is empowering for the individual. That wow. When you know that you have healed something, you have closed that wound. As surgeons, we know what healing means. I, I was trained on how to do the wound dressings, how to heal a bone, how to heal an external wound. That was like Sparta surgical training is to know how to heal someone. But when I started saying, you know what, uh, and I was really early on in my career, can we heal a cancer? She says, no, 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 you don't use those terms. You can't heal a cancer. No, cancer, you only treat. You can't heal it. Diabetes, you can only you treat. You can't heal. Blood pressure, you can only treat. You can't heal it. All right. But I believe this is where now, again, based on scientific body of evidence, it's not an opinion. There is studies after studies now of individuals who have had radical remissions after mm -hmm. cancers that were deemed too advanced. Yes. And the whole book is about educating an individual with a blueprint, with a plan, practical knowledge. We are not just interested, okay, give us 10,000 studies on why this was done. And you know, that's like kind of doing a degree in the university. 
I want to go into, like surgeons are practical beings, you know, tell us what to do, okay? Don't tell us what, tell us how, how, how to do it. Give us a plan. And in the book, we have put a blueprint. We've got lots of resources like, you know, videos, QR codes. You can scan a QR code and watch a video. I love that. It helps you. So there are, I've tried to create a book which is more like a practical manual rather than, all right, here's some theory, read it and see if you can make out what you want to do out of it. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. Yeah, I had to gather a lot of courage because I'm, I'm not bagging medicine. I'm not bagging surgery at all. But there is a place for integration, bringing it together. There's a place for medicine. There's a place for antibiotics. There's a place for insulin. Absolutely, there's a place for it. I'd be silly to sort of refute that. No, it's very, very brave of you. And, and I, love, I love the holistic approach, which, which is what it is. Yeah, you, you, you can't ignore the mind if you want to heal the body. That's, that's my message in a line. Well, I, I completely agree with you. I know in my own journey over the last five years, I went through a very dark place and I did start to, to have a regain. And it was during that time that I started to realise for myself that things that I was holding on to was affecting me. It was definitely triggering the responses in me that made me want to eat. So I can 100% identify with the things that you've been talking with us about. I just sort of stumbled along um, without any real, I mean, I had, I had Damo, I had, you know, some great friends that supported me and my family, but it, it was certainly more just, I don't know, walking around no, in the dark. Hoping, in the dark. Yeah. Hoping that, that it was that it was going to work out. Yeah. And thankfully it has worked out. But that's why I believe that your message is so important because people do need to understand that that there is that link. There is that link with with the things that we're holding on to in our emotions and in our heart. Well, it's interesting you use the word message because that was the title of my previous book, which is called Your Mess Has a Message. And that was a more personal development book, you know, came out of a journey of my own personal adversity. Yeah. And uh, of course, around, you know, COVID and all that, it threw everybody sort of, you know, off their balance or yes. off what we thought was a norm, which yeah. was going to shift so quickly. But I felt that, you know, there is always a message in our mess, no matter yeah, where we great. find ourselves in. And I read this one quote, and I'll share that with you, which was so powerful that it kind of almost, like I felt somebody was holding my hand when I was in the darkest corner. And the, the quote was that when you feel buried, you are actually planted, okay? So when you feel wow. buried, you are actually planted and that's what you need to know. So I would just look at that quote and I'd say, wow, am I planted? I just feel buried at the moment. Yeah. I just feel buried deep under the ground. So uh, the thing is that, you know, I mean, it's about having that belief, having that thought process, having that hope 
mm. and knowing, knowing really what is holding me back right now. And again, circling back to what I said earlier was that, you know, forgiveness and gratitude, in my opinion, are the two key reasons. If we don't practice them, we are stuck because they are chains, right? They are chains. One chain of not able to forgive our past. And second chain is not being grateful for where you are today. Yeah. All right, these two chains are chaining you down and holding you back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Amazing. Yeah. And people say, you know what, uh, nothing works for me. And, uh, you know, that doctor wasn't kind to me or these medications are so expensive. We come up with excuses, you know. We come up with so many excuses. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I often say, the lessons that we are sharing are the ones that we need to learn all right so i'm not sharing this with like oh look at me i've mastered all this not at all we i have to practice these lessons every day this mm -hmm. is my life work we are all works in the making wow yes we are yeah. <laughs> we really are yeah but you know we, yeah sorry Dana. no you're i'm just wondering how um, you go with a, a new patient and deciding, uh, helping them to decide if surgery is actually right for them or, um, you know, do you sort of, oh, maybe we need to get some counselling here first before we go ahead with that or, yeah. um, you know, what, what, what's... What is of, the process for you? What is our process? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, our process really is whenever we get a new inquiry, we generally get them to speak with our patient advisor which is an online appointment, no obligation, free of charge, 15 minute chit chat, you know, what are the pro, what is the process? What are the investigations? You know, what are the options that we offer? And, uh, you know, what are the costs? costs free of charge. Yeah. Sorry? Free of charge. Yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not something minute, we do very often. <laughs> no, no, 15 minute free of charge appointment with our patient advisor, who's not a doctor, who's not a doctor, but they are like, they are our staff. They have been with us for a long time and they know exactly the process, what we offer as an after procedure support, what are the things, because we believe that surgery alone doesn't cut it. So they get an idea of, okay, this is our process. All right, an outline, including costs, because we don't like to hide things under the rug, you know, that, oh, we are not going to tell you this, we are secretive, uh, secretive about it. So that's a 15-minute appointment they can organize at their own convenience over the phone. And it's after hours as well. There is a calendarly link, so they can choose a time that suits them. So uh, that's kind of like the first step, you know, no obligation. We're just getting to understand and know each other sort of a thing, you yeah. know. But when they come and see me, uh, the, the, which is the next step. So if they say, no, we, we need to take it to the next step, they, they book an appointment. And that's when we have a bit of a deep dive into these things, you know, and I do bring up uh, this thing, what I call is the triangle of transformation. You know, I don't have an image of this, but very happy to send it to you. Triangle of transformation is called uh, that. The starting point of that is information creates transformation. You are wanting to start your journey of transformation. First start 
becoming teachable. Teachable means I'm ready. My, my mind is open like this. Give me valid information that I can apply in my life today onwards, not after surgery, today onwards. So I give them some practical take home, like it's in a pack, you know, we give them a presentation pack that, all right, this is what you take and go home. And there are deeper questions in it. It's not just, oh, how many calories I'm eating. I'm interested in their emotional thought processes. All right. So the triangle of transformation has got three components or right? the three, uh, let's call them corners or the three points of the triangle. So mind, body and gut. All right. Mind is what allows you to take information and make choices or right? any choice that you've made is based on the information you had at hand. Okay, so that's where mind is, okay? Whether I should eat a donut or an apple. Well, what is the information that I have at the moment? All right, and the mind is going to say to your hand, all right, go for the donut, you know? Well, I'm angry, you know, you deserve a donut, you know? So, well, is that a good choice or could you go for a bottle of water and go for a walk instead? So that's mind. Then is the body. So body has the experience. So whatever the mind is thinking, the body experiences that. Okay, so if you say yeah, my mind is, you know, I'm angry or upset, well, put your headphones on, let's go for a run. All right, let's go out for a walk, let's go for a swim or whatever it may be for you. Or you could say, no, I'm going to just sit in front of the TV and have a bag of chips. So again, an experience, body's experiencing what the mind is sort of thinking. So it's becoming aware of that. That's number one. Uh, and number two, then is the body. And the third is the gut. The gut is the seat of your metabolism. Now, you may be thinking really good thoughts, but if your body is kind of consuming rubbish stuff, your metabolism is never going to be optimal. The journey of weight loss is about optimizing your metabolism. If your metabolism is weak, you cannot, you may lose the weight with surgery or with diets or whatever you're doing, but you will always struggle to maintain that weight because your metabolism is weak. It's like the engine of the car. The car, the engine is rusted, but the body of the car looks so shiny and beautiful. Well, it's a useless car. It's a rusted engine, right? It's no use. And we now know that gut health is linked to your metabolism, is linked to the inflammation in the body. The more inflammation you have in the body, the weaker or the poorer is your gut health, the slower is your metabolism. And a lot of people think inflammation is all just pain in my joints and or no, it's related to everything. Your immune system responds to inflammation. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an overview of yeah. our initial point of discussion yeah. around surgery. They have, by this time, the patients have already watched a video which they get sent as a email and a text sometimes about what are the surgical options that we offer what is the selection criteria and all of that yeah, yeah. And surgery is a part of the jigsaw puzzle i often tell them there's a big jigsaw puzzle of your life mm. and a beautiful picture is wanting to emerge surgery is something which is the centerpiece it can shift things for you yeah absolutely but you got to know that there are other components of the jigsaw puzzle otherwise the picture is not complete Yes. Yep. Totally agree. Amazing. Uh, so something that we we hear a lot, and um, I've always wanted a a medical professional's opinion on it. Um, so I'm just going to put it out there and see what you think. We have people that will say, 
uh, after surgery, I just want to be able to eat whatever I want, but in smaller portions. And, and then we noticed that, you know, a couple of years down the track, um, you know, they might be regaining, you know, do, do you think that attitude of I'm going to eat whatever I want, just less of it, mm. it can be detrimental um, to the whole process? Yeah, I mean, uh, there are two views of that demo. One is that, you know, uh, eat whatever I want of what, all right? So if you're used to a diet of burgers and chips and cakes and donuts, and that's what your life focus is, that I want to be able to eat that uh, in smaller portions, all right? So it's like, you know, you are eating, uh, before surgery, you were eating a larger amount of rubbish, and now you're eating a smaller amount of rubbish, but it's still rubbish right? We call them yellow food. Yellow foods are SAD, sad food. Sad means standard American diet, standard Australian diet, you know, sad diet, okay? So it makes you sad. And there is evidence to say that your food affects your mood. I've again made a YouTube video on that, you know, how does food affect your mood? But in answer to your question, I really take a lot of time to educate people in saying that not all calories are created equal, yeah. all right? Calories coming from a donut are different to calories coming from a broccoli mm. or an apple, all right? So uh, that's where it is important to understand that it's not just what you are eating, but it's actually how it is impacting your body. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I agree. So, I'd say, you know, okay, how much, how much strawberries or broccolis can you eat? Yes. Well, after gastric sleeve surgery, uh, you know, quantity is like small amount. But if you're eating plant-based fiber predominantly, plant-based fiber, and it's got nothing to do with being a vegan or a vegetarian, people get scared as, oh, he's trying to convert us into a vegan. It's none of that. Plant-based fiber feeds your gut microbiome. And your gut microbiome decides your speed of your metabolism. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Now you said, no, but I'm going to take this most expensive probiotic that is available on this particular website. You can take that. But if you're eating rubbish, well, you might as well just throw it in the bin. Uh, you know, it's useless. Yes. You're taking those pills and you're pooping them out. Yeah. Yeah. So right. there is only one thing that I would say, you know, I'd say that there is this rule that I have mentioned. It's I've created. It's called 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, you're having whole food plants. Yeah. The other 20% of the time, you can have, you know, a piece of chocolate, a glass of wine, a piece of pizza. If you are out there, that's okay. You know, I don't believe in balance that. Balance though. That's, that, that's just very balanced, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that, that that's such an important lesson and such an important message. I, as someone that comes from a, from a binge eating disorder background, because it was very much what I did, sure. I've gone on a journey over the last five years to stop demonising foods, but to fill the majority of my diet with very wholesome, nourishing foods. And then occasionally, if I want to have whatever it may be, normally with me, it's dark chocolate. 
then I will do that. And I feel absolutely no guilt because it's just something that I have sometimes. Yeah. So I, I think that that's just a balanced way to think. Yeah, no, we don't believe in diets. We never said go on this diet, keto diet, paleo diet, or CSIRO diet. And look, you know, some people want to be on a diet, but evidence proves that dieting triggers your stress response. Yes. You're more anxious. And you, it slows down your metabolism and increases your cortisol levels. So cortisol is your stress hormone. When you're on a diet, the body thinks it's called the famine response. That means there's no food out there. Yes. But there is food. That's amazing. So, so this is called information creates transformation. Yeah. If you don't get right information from a right source, and I'm not just saying just from me, but from wherever, whatever source you trust, whatever source you trust, information will then create a change in your thought patterns, if it is truly delivered with authenticity mm. and care and compassion. Yeah. That's where source is important. Everybody I see on you know, YouTube or social media, or whatever, is a guru of some sort, you know. Mm. Uh, and, and I look, okay, good on people, you know, good on them for doing what they're doing. But I feel I have to be a judge a discernment i've got to have discernment on what information i'm letting in oh we completely and totally agree yeah with that yeah, it's just so important because there is so much information out there yeah this and disinformation and it's really important that we're hearing from people like yourself dr Arun, because you do have so much experience and such a wealth of knowledge. We're very, very grateful that you would share it with us. It's a delight speaking to you guys. And I commend you both for doing the amazing work that you're doing in supporting a community. And it's a growing community. Yeah. And it has got its own unique challenges, you know. Uh, and I, I commend you for that because this is a platform where individuals would feel safe. They would feel comfortable in opening up that's one of our biggest fears right the yeah. fear of being judged 